Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. guys and welcome to the moms and murder podcast a true crime podcast featuring myself mandy and my dear friend melissa hi melissa hi mandy how are you i'm doing great how are you i'm doing really good thanks uh yeah doing good i have a fun story for you i think you'll appreciate oh i love a fun story (laughs) well (laughs) i'm using fun loosely but um i listen to podcasts whenever i go to sleep to drown out rick astley playing in the background and so i'll have like one earbud in and last night or the night before i woke up and like could hear this like very light talking and was like went right back to sleep but then woke up to laughter and it was my freaking voice laughing that woke me up because somehow my podcast, like, you know, just downloads Moms and Murder. And oh, I must no. have been listening to one of our episodes. <laughs> so one of our voices really relaxed me. And the next thing I know, my stupid freaking laugh just <laughs> woke me up. And I was like, my daughter's right. My daughter's right. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so if you listen to us when you're sleeping, but don't listen to us like the end of the show when we're like always joking and laughing. That's where that's where it things goes turn. off the rails. Yeah. yeah, that's when you'll wake up. <laughs> yeah, that's when it turns nightmarish. <laughs> yeah, it really did. It really, I was so upset with myself. I'm like, I really had something good going there. So yeah, I might start listening to us to go to sleep at night. It was very soothing. I don't 
think that we are the sleep material type of podcast, but <laughs> maybe we Some are. Do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just something different. It wasn't on purpose. I will tell you that for sure. As soon as I'm done editing it, I send it to Mandy and I never want to hear my voice again. Same. So I didn't do it on purpose <laughs> at all. Same, same. So yeah. Melissa, you just got back from a lovely retreat in a beautiful place and the yes. rest of us have been stuck in the rain still. The rest of us here in Central Florida have been stuck in the rain and um, you are off enjoying a beautiful beach and I'm so excited for you that you got to do that and happy that you're back and that we are here recording. Yeah, it was great and everything went exactly as planned as per usual with my entire life. But yes, it was uh, fun. Parts of it were not, but parts of it were good. And it was beautiful. And we stayed in Siesta Key, which is really, really gorgeous. There's an MTV reality show that's based in that town. That's not why I went there. But what? it is. Yeah. And guess what? They were recording when we were there. No, no they lie. Weren't. I will send you the picture. Yep. They <laughs> no absolutely way. were. Yeah. I thought people were coming down to see I'm the I'm surprised sunset. you didn't just like barge into their film session and like make, Wait until make you yourself an extra. <laughs> no, it was bad. I was like looking around to see who had like forms for people to have to sign it, you know, to be like accidentally throw myself. Yeah. I told my husband, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to fall. And he's like, please don't do this right now. <laughs> Your children are here. <laughs> So I kept it together. I took some pictures. It was very obvious I was taking pictures. and um, But I couldn't have planned it better. I would have never done it on purpose. And I ended up being at the same place. And they were so freaking hot, like the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. So I very much knew <laughs> that they were on a reality show. I just did not know that such a place existed in Florida. I've I am Gorgeous. a Florida resident born and raised lifelong, and I have never been to Siesta Key, believe it or not. And I feel like it's like a hidden gem because I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. Maybe I'm just living under a rock, but you're the first person I know who has gone there. And the pictures that you showed me from there looked amazing. I cannot believe that uh, it's somewhere I've never been. And you know I love going places. Yeah, but I feel like you and I normally do um, the Atlantic yeah. and it's Gulf Coast. So I think that's probably the difference. So you're used to doing all the Atlantic beaches. Me too. And um, I have family from the area. So I've been there before and I forgot how beautiful it was. So it it's the number one beach in the US apparently. And um, I didn't know that either, but I totally believe it. So if you're in that area, I'm very jealous. It's so beautiful there. Yes, I am super jealous of your trip. Um, I actually have a, my own beach vacation coming up soon, so I'm looking forward to that as well. But yeah, your, pic Yay. your pictures gave me all the uh, pre-vacation vibes. Is that is that how you would I say that? Know. Yeah, I think so. The best the best part is I had my sunglasses squinted up to my eye, my hat on, and I just took the picture. Like I couldn't even see. You know, whenever it's like so bright outside, you can't see anything. I just like took like seven pictures. And then I looked at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> and like there was no like setting up a shot or anything. I literally could not see taking the pictures and was like, well, oh, here's one that turned out really well. So it's just beautiful. That's how pretty it is. Even I couldn't screw up a picture. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well there you go. All right, so we'll get right into um, the episode for this week. Scorned lovers are a common theme in true crime, and we've discussed many a case where an affair or a love triangle has gone horribly wrong and ended in murder. Of these cases, there are always different circumstances. Sometimes it's an angry spouse that kills their unfaithful other half, and sometimes it's the lover that kills the spouse of their love interest. And sometimes, in more rare cases, someone will actually kill their own lover in a fit of jealous rage. 
As we've seen time and time again, investigators are usually pretty quick at figuring out that there was an affair or some kind of romantic drama that preceded the murder, and they can identify their suspect pretty quickly. But in today's story, a very eligible bachelor was found brutally beaten to death, and investigators realized that any number of women could have been responsible. Lance Herndon was a man who had it all. By the time he was in his late 30s, he'd accomplished the kind of success that most people can only dream of. Born and raised in New York, Lance was always bright and driven. He received his master's degree in computer science from the City University of New York, and eventually Lance moved south to Atlanta and began a life for himself there. In 1980, things began to really take off for him when he founded Access Inc., which was a computer consulting firm. This company boomed. 16 years later, in 1996, the company was selling $3 million annually and employed 47 people. Lance's company acquired some pretty huge clients like Coca-Cola, the City of Atlanta, the Atlanta Committee for the Olympic Games, and the Fulton County government, to name a few. So Lance and his company were definitely what you would consider well-known around the Atlanta area. Eventually, his financial success earned him a sprawling mansion in the very exclusive and posh Northcliffe subdivision of Roswell, which we've talked about before on the podcast. Um, this is just outside of Atlanta, where pretty much all the wealthy people in the area live. This is the kind of neighborhood where everybody has a perfectly manicured lawn and there's guarded gate access to get in. And Lance wasn't just successful financially. He was successful in romance, and he loved to lavish women with his affection. Lance had definitely been through his share of heartache, though. By 1996, he'd been married and divorced three times already, but the most recent marriage had just ended in January of that year. Lance and his third wife, Jeannie, married in 1989 and had a son together. But according to Jeannie, the couple really struggled throughout their entire marriage due to Lance's infidelity. After the couple got divorced, Lance continued to pay the majority of Jeannie's living expenses and financially supported both her and their son, Jay Harrison. But Lance wasn't lonely for long. He always had a way with the ladies, and it was no different after this divorce. Lance entertained several women, and he wasn't always upfront with them that he wasn't really looking for a serious relationship and that he was also seeing other women. Lance had some romantic interests that he'd known for a while and others that he had met more recently. Lance had been involved with one woman named Lacey for quite some time, and she was one of the few women who knew that Lance went on other dates and had other relationships. But Lacey really didn't care. She liked being Lance's number one girl. Other women who knew about Lacey were jealous of the relationship that she had with Lance because he did seem to favor her in some ways. He did care for her, but he really wasn't ready to try and settle down again. Although Lance did like the company of different women, he never treated them poorly. He really just enjoyed spending time with them and treating them well. He just really liked to have a lot of them. In some cases, though, the women would get more attached than Lance wanted, and things could get a little sticky. But all in all, Lance was a very respectful and respected man in his community, and it really goes without saying that there were many women who had their eye on him. And that's because he really was something special. Over his career, Lance received many awards, including Outstanding Business Achievement, Atlanta's Business League's Entrepreneur of the Year, and he was even a finalist for Georgia's Entrepreneur of the Year plus the Minority Small Business Person of the Year Award. 
He was also recognized by President Bill Clinton with the Minority Entrepreneur of the Year Award. I would like everyone to know how hard it is to see entrepreneur that many times in your pro. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> and George Bush also recognized Lance's company, Access Inc., as the National Service Firm of the Year. That's one I can say. In 1995, Lance became a presidential appointee to the White House Conference on Small Business. Lance poured his heart and soul into this company, and he used the fruits of his labor to help uplift his community. He donated time and money to the United Negro College Fund, the NAACP, and the Atlanta Business League. Lance was a member of the Black Business Association, as well as a board member of the Community Reinvestment Committee of Nations Bank of Georgia. This is just a side note here that I was thinking about when I was reading about all of his accomplishments and all these things that he was recognized for. You hear this sometimes with people, of course, who are very, very successful. And it always just, I'm always in awe when I see all these titles and these roles that people, it's just one person that is doing all of this. It's just really incredible to think about somebody having this much success that they have their hand in so many amazing things. Yeah. So Lance was very praised in the Atlanta area. The Atlanta Voice said that he was not only an astute businessman, but also a role model for young African-Americans. Lance really loved kids, and he spent a lot of his free time with young kids, and he would take them to Six Flags or to a museum. He really just wanted to help make sure that children had every opportunity to advance themselves. He was very close with all the young people in his life. Lance's 16-year-old neighbor, Lindsay, thought of Lance as a father figure. He always gave her a summer job, and he attended every one of her dance recitals. Lance's friends described him as being giving, loyal, dedicated, unselfish, thoughtful, caring, sensitive, dependable, and just plain good people. He never wanted to be in the spotlight. His accomplishments really weren't about getting recognition for himself. He genuinely cared about the things that he invested in, and he wanted to share his success with the community. Atlanta Mayor Bill Campbell considered Lance a friend who he highly respected. As busy as Lance was, he did try to make time for things that he enjoyed himself, such as cars, traveling, flying, and racquetball. He loved to go on trips, and he always wanted to take somebody along to experience it with him, which is a very me thing as well. I love going places, but I also want people to come with me because what good is it to see amazing things if nobody's there to see it with you? I mean, maybe some people like doing things alone. There's nothing wrong with that either, but I love to experience things like with other people, you know, new things or beautiful sights or whatever. It depends. I'm in the (laughs) depends category. I get the appeal, but also like mama needs some quiet. So it can go either way for me. But yeah, seeing something like experiencing something, I don't want to be by myself to do. But like a night away, just oh yeah, no one talked to me. I want to be by myself. (laughs) Yeah. So one time Lance actually had the opportunity to ride on a nuclear submarine. And he even asked if the mayor, Bill Campbell, wanted to go along with him, which... Yeah, it's a very nice thing to just ask your friend because, yeah, that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. So, you know, whoever you ask to go with you has to feel kind of honored that you, you know, that you chose to ask them. Right. And it's not like you can be like, well, actually, next time you get invited, you know, bring me. Right. I'm <laughs> busy that weekend, but I'd like to go next round. It's like one or, one and done. Yeah, it's the only time exactly. You can do it. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So Lance was always busy. He was attending events and parties and just being a socialite. He really was just a great guy, and it's not even a little bit surprising that he had women vying for his affection, which he just so happened to love giving out, so it worked out well for him. As we mentioned before, this was ultimately the cause of his last and third divorce from Janine in 1996. Following that divorce, Lance was living alone in his mansion in Roswell, where he also ran his entire business. 
as successful as Access Inc. was, it was actually stationed in Lance's basement. And he even had employees that came into the office every day, but the office just happened to be at his house, which is kind of a neat setup, to tell you the truth. And I feel like it's very 2021 that everyone just has home offices now. But this he had employees that came to his house in the 90s. Yeah, they would just come, come let themselves into the basement, you know, every morning like they were going to the office and he would just come down, I assume, in his robe and slippers and say good morning to everyone. I don't know how it works. You're describing it as Michael Scott whenever he had the Michael Scott paper company. (laughs) His Crocs in a robe. I feel like this guy was a bit more professional. I think he definitely was. But if I (laughs) were running a business out of my house and employees came over, they would just have to greet me with my fuzzy slippers and my big luxurious robe. And I would just be like, good morning, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to the office. (laughs) As far as Lance's daily life went, though, he kept a very strict schedule. He set three different alarms every morning to make sure that he woke up at 4 o'clock and he would start his day. He would be in his office no later than 5 a.m., even though his staff didn't show up until 8. Since the daily norm was to see Lance in his office as soon as they got there, employees were really puzzled on the morning of August 8, 1996, when they showed up and Lance wasn't there yet. Lance's assistant, Zonya, who had spoken with him the day before, thought this was really strange because she knew that he was supposed to be in his office that morning because they actually had talked about it the day before. Things became even more strange when Lance didn't answer his pager either. And we're going to get into more details of this case after a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. There's just something about a new piece of jewelry that can transform any outfit. Ana Luisa has amazing jewelry that feels just as unique as you are. Plus, they make their jewelry from recycled materials whenever possible. So not only do you feel beautiful in your jewelry, you also feel good about what you're wearing. And you can get it for a price that you can feel great about thanks to their 10% discount when you visit Ana Luisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash moms and use our code moms. I have several holes in my ears, and by several, I mean 11, and I'm always looking for earrings to create a unique but subtle look. When I was browsing earrings on Ana Luisa, I was drawn to the Cassie style. They're a dainty, backless, kind of a reverse hoop earring with the tiniest sparkle. Even though they're small and classy, people notice the unique design every time I put them in, and that's really saying something since they're competing with the other nine earrings in my ears that I'm slowly filling with more Ana Luisa jewelry. And we feel great about sharing this with you guys because not only is Ana Luisa jewelry beautiful and timeless, but its fair pricing means jewelry starts at just $39. Plus, when you go to analuisa.com slash moms and use our code moms, you get 10% off, which is really great because you'll want to check back every Friday when their new jewelry collections are released. analuisa.com slash moms. Go treat yourself and your loved ones and use our code moms to get 10% off. We absolutely recommend them. They're a great brand making beautiful, sustainable jewelry. Go check out analuisa.com slash moms. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash moms, code moms. When I want a little TLC, I like to go grab some barbecue, which sounds kind of weird, right? But this barbecue place I'm talking about is 45 minutes from my house, making the journey there and back, listening to podcasts, plus the food itself, a very special treat. And Third Love stands behind my barbecue stake and believes that you should also give yourself some TLC. That's Third Love Comfort. 
Third Love starts the TLC process by just making it easy. When you go to their site, you take the fitting room quiz, which is what we both took, and the quiz just asks basic questions about things like your current fit, issues you may be having, your personal style, and of course, breast shape and size. And while buying a bra you've never tried on seems a little risky, since Third Love stands behind their products, if you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free. For me, Third Love is a real bra savior. My fit is right in between cup sizes, but Third Love actually has half cup sizes, which means I'm not wearing a bra too big or too small. But now, thanks to Third Love, I'm wearing what I call my Goldilocks bra because it fits just right. You deserve some TLC. That's Third Love Comfort. Go to thirdlove.com slash murder now to get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash murder for 20% off today. And now back to the episode. So before the break, we were talking about Lance on the morning of August 8th, 1996. His employees are showing up, but no one sees him. He's not where he's supposed to be. And so when no one can get a hold of Lance, some of his employees decide to call his mom to ask her if she knew where he might be. Lance's mother, Jackie, takes the call and then she goes over to the house. Shortly after 10 a.m., she arrives. She goes into Lance's room to look for him, you know, thinking maybe he was still asleep. But instead, Jackie made a horrific and unimaginable discovery. She realized that the covers on Lance's waterbed were messed up and had been pulled all the way up to the head of the bed. When Jackie pulled the blanket back, she saw the naked and bloodied body of her 41-year-old son laying with his arms crossed on his waterbed. An autopsy later revealed that Lance had been hit in the back of the head with a non-fatal blow that likely disoriented him or knocked him unconscious. After that, a pillow was put over his face and he then sustained multiple blows, possibly as many as 14, to the front and right side of his face, crushing all of his facial bones inward and ultimately causing his death. Lance's body, though, showed no signs of defensive wounds. When a housekeeper told police that she noticed that a wrench was missing from the counter, investigators confirmed that a wrench could have been the murder weapon. The crime scene itself was pretty brutal. The headboard and the wall above the bed were both covered in blood splatter. Officers noticed that a pillowcase was missing from one of the bed pillows, and they later found that pillowcase in the toilet in the master bathroom. It was also noted that all three of Lance's alarm clocks had been unplugged, and there was an X-rated adult video in the VCR. Lance's mansion was pretty secure and had an elaborate system in place, but according to his employees, he rarely used the security system. However, there was no sign of forced entry, so officers were thinking this was someone who knew Lance and that he let inside willingly. The fact that Lance was found nude suggested that the killer may have been a woman who was over for a night of romance. A blood spatter expert determined that whoever killed Lance was also on the bed, possibly straddling him during the assault. No murder weapon was found at the scene, or anywhere for that matter. In talking to witnesses, investigators determined that Lance was alive at 9 p.m. the night before, which at least narrowed down the time frame to happening sometime between 9 p.m. and 8 a.m. the next morning. It wasn't long in their investigation before police learned that Lance had multiple girlfriends, but one of them in particular grabbed their attention. Her name was Dion Ba, and according to police records, she'd recently been arrested for criminal trespass outside of Lance's home only about a month before he was found murdered. They were supposed to go to court on the very same day that Lance was found dead. Clearly, there was some hostility there, which made police focus their attention on Dion. So who was Dion? She was born in Jamaica in 1967, but by the time she was 20, she was living in Atlanta, successfully working in real estate. 
She eventually went on to become a naturalized citizen. She worked as an executive secretary for MARTA, and she was attending Georgia State University in pursuit of a finance degree. One day in early 1996, Dion saw Lance briefly when he went into the office where she worked for business reasons. After he left, Dion asked her boss, you know, who is that guy? And her boss said that Lance was a wealthy mover and shaker. Dion's boss also mentioned that Lance's 40th birthday was coming up in April, and he was hosting this huge fancy party that was by invitation only. There was a book written about this case I did not read, but it was written by a man named Ron Stodchill, and he drew a comparison between Lance and Jay Gatsby because of the type of over-the-top parties that Lance liked to throw, and he really was an overspender and just liked to just go all out whenever he entertained people. So anyway, Dion was very interested, more than interested, you could say, and she really wanted to find a way to get into that party and to get a closer look at Lance. Dion later called Lance's office and claimed that her boss never got a copy of the invitation to the party. Mm. Yeah. So Lance actually was the one who answered the phone when she called, and he seemed to be onto this trick. After he talked to Dion, he told his assistant Zonya that he thought Dion was trying to trick him, and they laughed about it, but he had Zonya go ahead and fax a copy of the invitation over anyway. And that's how Dion and Lance officially met. That was at his 40th birthday bash. Dion went to the party and she found Lance and started chatting him up. She really was just his type. According to friends of Lance, he liked his women a particular way and Dion had exactly what he was looking for. They talked for a little while and they eventually exchanged phone numbers and before long they were dating. They were meeting up for lunches and dinners together and Lance's friends said that he could not stop talking about Dion once they met. He would tell some of his closer friends that Dion was one of the best lovers he's ever had and that the connection he had with her was like nothing he'd ever had before. Things got serious enough quickly that Lance lent Dion a credit card and a car. Uh, He actually gave her a silver Mercedes to drive. No big deal to him since he was a car guy, as we said, and he had plenty of other cars to use, including his Porsche, a Volvo, and a Jaguar. This all sounds like a stroke of great luck for Dion, but there was just one little problem. Dion was married to another man who had no idea she was pursuing and dating Lance. And not only did Dion have this husband already, but she also had a daughter with him, a little girl named Amanda. What a lovely name for a child. It is a lovely name for a child and adult, I would say. (laughs) Either way. (laughs) So Dion's husband, Sean, was a pilot that flew for Air Jamaica, and he was constantly out of the country for long periods of time. In fact, it was really the majority of the time. Sean and Amanda were actually living in Jamaica, so Dion began seeing other men while they were away. But Sean and Amanda visited periodically, and during these visits, he had no idea that his wife was carrying on this affair. That was until one day Sean comes to visit, and suddenly his wife is a completely different person. She's wearing all these expensive clothes and jewelry, and she's driving this shiny new car that he knew they didn't have the means for. So we ask her, you know, where did this car come from? And she makes up excuses about how she needs a car for work. But Sean is still suspicious. So the tension between the couple continued to grow. Can you imagine, though, trying to pull that over on your husband? Like being like, oh, no big deal. You just have all this expensive new stuff and no no explanation for how you obtained it. (laughs) No, absolutely not. No. And the car thing is interesting because it's like, oh, yeah, well, I needed a car, but like 
a BMW? That's the one that you had to get for work? Yeah, yeah. Well, I read something where he actually had said something to the effect of, like, the last time I saw you, you were driving, like, a beat-up Toyota Corolla. So, like, where did this brand-new Mercedes come from? You know, kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's an upgrade. (laughs) Yeah. Dion continued dating Lance for about three months, during which time she was allegedly unaware that he also had other women in his life, which is interesting because she has another man in her life. Right. So it's actually during this time that Lance realized that he really needed to start reining in his spending. He was in quite a bit of credit card debt, and he started feeling really strapped for cash. Dion was also really becoming attached to Lance and all this attention that she was getting from him. She really tried to start pushing their relationship further forward, and things began moving very quickly. As we said before, though, Lance was really not interested in settling down with Dion or anyone, but he did like her company, so he was kind of in a dilemma about what to do and how to handle it. On July 10th, 1996, Dion goes to Lance's house, unannounced, and was shocked to find that Lance was inside with another woman. Dion was actually peering through the windows when she saw a naked woman inside of Lance's house, and she started freaking out and made a really big scene about it. So big that Lance actually called the police and filed charges for the incident. But later he paid her bail and got her out of jail and asked police to drop the charges. They didn't, but he tried. Oh, man. I'm I'm always (laughs) so interested in that whenever it's like, I called the police and then now I have to bail you out and now I have to pay for it. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, my gosh. So following this arrest, Dion's husband, Sean, was officially done and he wanted to end their relationship after their court date on August 8th. On August 4th, Sean brings Amanda to the U.S. to visit Dion and stays for about three days. On August 7th, Dion drops him off at the airport around 8.30 p.m. Within 20 minutes of dropping them off, Dion calls Lance and they make plans for Dion to go over there that night for a hookup. After the police learned a bit about Dion, they went right to her house to look for her later in the day when Lance was found dead. When Dion arrived home from work, there were officers at her house waiting to speak with her. When she was told that Lance was dead, she turned on the hysterics. She said that her husband had been in Atlanta that weekend and that he had exchanged some angry messages with Lance, but that she took him to the airport and he flew home with their daughter at around 9 p.m. Dion told the police that Lance had actually gone to her house that night between 9 to 10.30, and she said that he had come over to drop off a laptop for her to use as well as a credit card. The police looked into this story and determined that Dion was lying. They said they found out that Lance was at home during the time Dion claimed that he was at her house, which is always suspicious. When you say one thing that's a lie, then you know they're really going to be looking at everything that you say after that. Yeah. So, but in this case, that's like, why would you say that he went to your, there was no reason for her to say he went to my house, you know? I was trying to figure that out too. That's just... Uh, that makes even less sense because right. that seems like an unnecessary lie that only complicates things and right. doesn't help your case. Exactly. So Dion also claimed that she didn't know that Lance had other girlfriends or that he was planning on breaking up with her. At some point in their interviewing, the police spoke with Sean's mother, who's Dion's mother-in-law, who told them that she talked to Dion about the night that Lance died. And Dion said that she had stopped by Lance's house that night. Investigators were able to get a warrant to search Dion's possessions and found several documents inside of her purse that looked very suspicious and peculiar. These documents all looked like they were waiting for Lance's signature. One of the documents was stating that the car Dion was driving had been purchased by Lance and that if he died, this car would go to Dion. 
why do you need a document that says this? It's just so strange. Yeah. There was another document that outlined that Lance and Dion were in a romantic relationship and that if they continued their romantic relationship and it lasted until at least July of 1998, which would be two years in the future, then the car would just belong to Dion, which again, what a weird thing to yeah. like for your boyfriend be like, here, can you like, thank you for letting me borrow your car and now sign this paper that says if you keep dating me for two years, it's mine. Like what? That doesn't. Yeah. I don't understand that. that. It makes sense in like prenups and stuff when they're like, okay, if we're married this amount of time, like you hear that with really rich, mostly housewives, where it's like, okay, if we're married for 10 times, nobody has an affair, you get this, I get this, whatever. But this is a weird like boyfriend, girlfriend, he's letting you borrow his car and you're like, if we can run this clock out for two more years, (laughs) it's mine. Yeah, very strange. Um, So another document they found was Lance's purported summary of what happened the night Dion showed up at his house looking in the windows and his desires to have those charges dropped. So she was trying to get his signature, you know, sign off on that to deal with that. So she just had all this paperwork on her that seemed like she was trying to get Lance to sign these things. Investigators also found other things of Lance's that were in Dion's possession, including a $3,500 laptop and some of Lance's jewelry that Dion had apparently stolen. Even more alarming was that Dion actually used Lance's credit card to purchase around $3,000 worth of furniture on the day that Lance was found dead. She also tried to keep the Mercedes when the police were coming around, you know, doing their investigation. She wanted to know if she could keep the Mercedes. Just absolutely crazy talk. Crazy, crazy craziness. And we're going to get into the rest of the story after a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. If right now in life you're having a harder time dealing with things than you normally do, that's okay. Many of us are. And when I realized I needed a little help to get me through this period, I turned to better help. BetterHelp simply asks you a few questions and based on your answers, is able to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in a safe and private online environment. And you can begin communicating with them in under 24 hours. BetterHelp is more affordable than most traditional therapists, plus financial aid is available to those who qualify. BetterHelp is available worldwide, so whether you're dealing with stress, depression, anxiety, relationships, or more, a counselor is available to you thanks to the internet. And if you decide you want to change counselors, you can do so at any time with no additional cost. I love that not only can I talk to my therapist by phone or video, but I can also message her throughout the week if there's something I want to work on or to get guidance on. My therapist Lauren is amazing, but she's also a trash TV watcher, so she understands me more than most. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com moms. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash moms. Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery, 
delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. And now back to the episode. So before the break, we were talking about police getting their search warrant to go through Dion's things and looking at her as a possible suspect, being really the last known person that was with Lance. These things, of course altogether are suspicious, but as we know, you really need DNA or other solid or extremely reasonable proof that someone has murdered before you can bring them to trial for it. So they were in luck because DNA from the crime scene was tested against Dion's DNA and not surprisingly, really, they got a match. Lance had Dion's DNA under his fingernails and there were two head hairs and one pubic hair found on Lance's body that were all determined to be Dion's. However, we know this doesn't necessarily prove murder. Dion's hair and DNA could have been on Lance's body from run-of-the-mill sexual contact, but that didn't automatically make her the murderer. After all, no one witnessed the murder or saw Dion and Lance together that night, so this DNA evidence really wasn't a home run for the investigators. In June of 1997, the Fulton County DA announced that the investigation into Lance's murder had concluded and would be coming to a resolution very soon but then nothing happened for another six months. During this time, though, police learned that Dion had been flaking out at her job and had begun missing a lot of days, and she eventually got fired. They worried that she would try to flee the area, so they started surveilling her home. In January of 1998, Dion and her husband, Sean, had their divorce hearing, and investigators in Lance's murder attended so that they could listen to what Dion had to say, which is so smart that this is like... Listening to somebody's own words, she could say she doesn't want to talk to them all day long, but they can literally hear something she's saying and hoping that she, you know, does something to incriminate herself. And while she's testifying in her divorce hearing, she accidentally does incriminate herself in Lance's murder by giving a statement that was contradictory to the ones that she had given investigators on the case. This was really the final piece they needed to arrest and charge her in Lance's murder. Dion was arrested on January 29th, 1998, the day after the divorce hearing. She was arrested outside of her house and charged with murder until a grand jury could be held. On February 3rd, a grand jury indicted Dion on charges of malice murder, felony murder, aggravated assault, theft by taking a laptop, theft by taking jewelry, and financial transaction card fraud. Somehow, even with all these charges, Dion managed to get out on bond. 
Her trial didn't begin until April 9th, 2001. Prosecutors said that Dion was a greedy, evil, gold-digging woman. They said that she had a husband and child in Jamaica, but she was still trying to seduce Lance for his money, and that she killed him because he was going to break up with her and take away all the luxuries that she'd been given while they were dating. The theory presented was that Lance had called Dion up that night to come over so they could have a rendezvous. Prosecutors believe that Dion did go over and that they did have sex, and it was after that when an argument broke out between them and Lance told Dion that he didn't want to reconcile or be in this relationship any longer. They theorized that this caused Dion to fly into a rage. Lance had been working on assembling an ab machine, and he had some tools out, and Dion grabbed a large wrench and hit Lance over the head with it, causing him to become disoriented or possibly to faint. They believe that she then turned him on his back, straddled him, and continued to hit him with the wrench until he was dead. Prosecutors believe that Dion posed his body in his typical sleeping position with his arms crossed over his chest and then covered him up before unplugging his alarms so that they wouldn't draw attention to the employees when they arrived the next day. The hair and the DNA evidence found was used to prove that Dion was there and that she was the killer. They pointed out that Dion had no alibi and that after his death, she still tried to even use his money. The prosecution had lead detective William Anastasio testify in the trial. He said that out of the court statements made to him by five different witnesses, two of which were employees of Lance, two were former girlfriends of his, and one of them was Lance's mom, all five of these witnesses testified before the detective did in the trial. And when Detective Anastasio was on the stand, he was asked about the statement of one of the witnesses, and then he was asked about what Dion said on the same subject in her statements to police. This is all a little bit confusing, but it ends up coming up later. Um, So the goal with this questioning, though, was to prove an inconsistency between Dion's statements and those that were made by various witnesses. But it ended up being a big mistake, which, like I said, we're going to get more into in just a minute. The defense, of course, had a very different version of the story to tell. They said that Lance was a philanderer who had money problems and that the prosecution's case was merely circumstantial. They said the DNA evidence could be explained away easily with an innocent explanation. The defense questioned why exactly would Dion even want Lance dead? She had no real reason to kill him that they could find. Although, do you think they looked that hard? Right. (laughs) It's the defense. So Lance had even asked for the charges he filed against her to be dropped. So it appeared that the two had reconciled at that point and moved past the incident. There was also the fact that Lance was willingly letting Dion have access to his car, his funds, and his electronics. The defense also brought up the fact that Lance was a ladies' man and that any of his many lovers or others could have killed him. He didn't secure his home and often left a door open for the maid, his office workers, friends, and whoever else to stop by. After six hours of deliberating, the jury found Dion guilty on April 17th. She was found guilty on all the charges against her. Later, though, the felony murder conviction was vacated by operation of law, and the aggravated assault conviction merged into the malice murder conviction. The theft charges were also merged into one since all the items were taken from the same victim. I'm always fascinated every week when we talk about the charges and uh, sentencing and stuff, how each state, it's different. I mean, you know, each country is different too, but in the states that like, they're like, all right, we're merging these together and here's malice murder here, here's first degree here, and everybody's terminology is a little bit different for some of the same things. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, In an interesting twist right after Dion was found guilty, it was learned that the prosecutor had, could not believe this, he had not paid his bar fees. And technically, 
wasn't even legally allowed to be practicing law at the time of Dion's trial. Can you imagine the secretary that was in charge of that? (laughs) I mean, I remember working for a doctor and you had all these things you had to like, you had post-its everywhere and calendars set up to pay certain fees and stuff, but like to not have your law license and be practicing. Oh my gosh. And the judge on the case too, because you know, these prosecutors and these attorneys, they all work closely together. Like he has to present cases to this judge again. It's like, oh my gosh, how do you live that down as an attorney? Like that's so important to keep up on. And if you're a defense attorney, how do you not bring that up in every trial from here to the end of the world? (laughs) My goodness. So unfortunately though, for Dion, this did not help her in any way. Her convictions were still valid. On April 20th, 2001, Dion went before the judge for sentencing. She was given a life sentence for murder four years for theft, and two years for the financial transaction fraud. A couple of years later in the summer of 2003, though, Dion did get a stroke of luck. The Supreme Court of Georgia agreed that the testimony that we mentioned a bit ago from the lead detective regarding those five witnesses and their off-the-record statements, by comparing those to Dion's statements, the court felt that this was a harmful error that contributed to Dion's guilty verdict. The court also agreed that the prosecution's case was totally circumstantial and based on credibility and the improper bolstering of their own witnesses, which, quote, added critical weight, end quote, to their case. Wow. Yeah. So Dion was granted a second trial. It began October 28th, 2003. The prosecution and the defense were pretty much exactly the same in the retrial. They didn't really change their cases very much. Lance's ex-wife and the mother of his child, Janine, testified that Lance was unfaithful to her throughout their entire marriage and that after he was killed, she was shocked to find out that he was having financial problems. She said that Lance had apparently exhausted a large line of credit and had $70,000 in credit card debt alone. He also hadn't paid his employment tax in the last two years. Janine also testified that Lance had been supporting her and their son since their divorce and that Lance himself lived in a 5,000-square-foot home and had three nice vehicles. After this testimony, the judge decided that the court didn't really need to hear any more about Lance's private affairs. He said that he, quote, wasn't going to allow Lance to be put on trial, end quote. Which I can see because there's a lot in this case that for a jury, you know, you could definitely get some people that would have opinions about the way that he lived his life and you don't want that kind of thing in this type of a trial. So the judge was just like, yeah, this is not really relevant or important. You know, we don't need to talk about how he spent his money and all that kind of stuff. So the jury in this trial deliberated for 14 hours over the course of four days before finally telling the judge that they were deadlocked. Judge Baxter felt that one juror in particular was being sympathetic to the defense and was causing this deadlock. Upon being dismissed, the juror, who was a man named Stacy Jackson, asked a deputy when he could begin giving interviews to the media. Mm. Yeah. So an investigator started looking into Stacy and found out that he previously attempted to get a job from the DA, but he was lacking the required credentials for the job. And the prosecutor believed that Stacy had an axe to grind, and that's why he was being so difficult. Stacy ended up being replaced with an alternate juror on the fifth day of deliberations, and they continued to deliberate for another six and a half hours. But in the end, they told the judge that they were still deadlocked. <gasps> oh, boy. So on November 8, 2003, a mistrial was declared. Can you imagine being 
on trial for murder or anything and finding out that one of the jurors possibly is just like really ticked at the oh prosecution gosh, and no. is going to <laughs> <gasps> that's so scary yeah yeah so everyone expected Dion to be charged and tried a third time but the judge said he really didn't want to try this case anytime soon Dion had not posted bail since the Supreme Court overruled her conviction, so the thought was she would sit in jail until a third trial could commence. She did end up posting bail and was put on house arrest until her third trial, which didn't begin for almost a year later. Her third trial began on September 27, 2004, but before jury selection began, Dion actually took a plea deal. She pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of voluntary manslaughter in a heat-of-the-moment killing. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison, minus time served, and 10 years of probation. She was allowed to remain out on bond until October 5th, and then she had to turn herself in to begin serving her sentence. When the time came to turn herself in, Dion was actually late by an hour, and the reason was she was busy laughing it up with the excused juror, Stacy Jackson, who she saw by the elevator in the courthouse. Oh my gosh. That you could not write that. You could not make that up. That is bananas. Yeah, that's just crazy, ridiculous. Yeah. So Dion served her sentence without any hiccups and was released from prison in July of 2011. She then began her 10 years of probation, which either just ended recently or should be ending soon since it's now June of 2021. Well, 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 well. There you have it. I think this yeah. case was pretty circumstantial, but I also think that the jury. Well, I think the first jury had it right. I think I don't know what happened with the second jury, but the fact that she even took a lesser sentence tells me that she was admitting guilt, you know, to me in my eyes. If she wasn't guilty, I think she would have gone through with a third trial and tried to see, you know, what happened. I don't know. Not necessarily. I mean, I see what you're saying, but not necessarily. If you've been through this three times and you know the first time you were committed and you were going to get life in prison, and now you've had a taste of life in prison, and they're like, hey, we can give you time served and 10 years probation. I feel like you're ch taking your chances. I don't know that I'd yeah. be willing to take my chances at that point if they're offering you something. Because you'll hear about that. Where Sometimes with people who seem incredibly guilty are given you know, a plea deal, and they reject it, and you're like, you idiot. Yeah, like, that's true. Very obviously. So to me, I can see why guilty or innocent, why you would take this uh, deal. It's a good deal for that person. But this story makes me so sad because Lance seems like this guy who did so much for his community. So you're not just hurting him, you're hurting, or, you know, his family, you're hurting all these different things that he was involved in, you know, all the all the people, the kids that he was helping, all the community stuff that he was doing, like right. there's a lot of layers to it beyond just, you know, just him and his family, which of course is sad and terrible and his child and everything. But, you know, there is just like this huge outreach that he really had and he was just a big part of his community. It's a huge loss. Yeah, it definitely is. And at the end of the day, it just came down to jealousy. You know, she really wanted to be in a more serious relationship with him and, he wasn't really into that. It's really terrible that he lost his life because of that situation. So, yeah, very sad, yeah. sad story. Sad all the way around, yeah. Okay, so we're going to turn the page and do our last thing before we go. We have a fun little thing this week that is involving our kids. Well, the kids aren't here. They're sad. My kids were sad about that. I told them that I needed them, their help for last thing before we go. And they're like, oh, we're going to be on the podcast. And I was like, oh, actually, no, I didn't 
didn't plan for that. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get that far. <laughs> no, I didn't plan for that. So uh, we just asked our kids some fun questions to kind of see what their answers were. And I'm excited. Well, I'm kind of excited. My kids' answers were really interesting. So anyway, we'll start with the first question that we asked our kids and we'll say what their answers were. Okay. Okay. So first one, if our whole family lived in a zoo, what animal would each person be? Melissa, what do you got? So I, I only asked my son. My daughter wasn't feeling well tonight. So uh, my son said that I would be a bunny. I would like to Aww. point out he was looking at my ears when he said that. So I don't oh. know what happened there. <laughs> he said my husband would be a zebra. And I asked him why. And he said, because he would. And I asked what he would be. He said a zebra, same as dad. And I asked about his sister. And he said a bunny with mom, but with fangs to yell with. And oh. that also feels accurate. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, what so my older son said about dad, he said dad would be a bear. I guess I see where you're going with that. All right. He, he said I would be a leopard. And I said, "Why would I be a leopard?" And he said, "I am fast." And that's not what he said at all actually. He he literally just Oh, I was like, wow. "Yeah, no, that's not what he said." Um, he didn't really have an explanation. I'm thinking it's because I'm fast. Yeah, I at, mean, at everything because you know, you know. You've now said that three times. So <laughs> yeah, I think you really. <laughs> I'm living That's it. I'm one. living it. Yeah, um, and then I asked what he thought his little brother would be, and he said a monkey, which is super apt. That works. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. definitely it. So my other one, my little guy, he said for his father, also bear, which I thought was interesting. I questioned them separately, and then I said, oh, wow. I said, what about me? And you know what he asked? Does it have what? to be a land animal? And I was like. No, where are you going with this? Like a dolphin, mermaid? Like, what are we going here? No, he said whale. And I was like, why would you <gasps> say that? Like, what about me is like that? He's only eight. He doesn't know why he says the things he says. Why do kids just roast you and burn you without a hundred percent? I just don't I even know. get it. Yeah. Um, but then he I said like his it. older brother would be a kangaroo. Okay. Yeah. Hey, they both got active animals for each other. That makes sense. Yeah. They're both very jumpy and climby and swingy. Well, I don't yeah, know if kangaroos no, works. climb, but I don't think they climb. They just jump a lot. Uh, okay. So next question. What is something you're not allowed to do, but you wish you were? Okay. My son said, jump out the window. <laughs> Didn't know we had rules against it, but I'm glad he knows he shouldn't do it. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. So my older son said, stay up as late as I want, which of course, of course, yeah. And my little guy said, take walks and ride bikes and stuff without adults. So I was like, what does that oh. mean? Yeah. He said, I he wishes I would just let them go like roam the neighborhood like I used to do at, you know, sure. their age. But I don't let them do that. So apparently he wishes I did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or he just wants alone time. He's like, if I could just take a walk by myself, everybody would leave me alone. Get away from this kangaroo around me. Right. <laughs> Okay, next question. What is the worst chore and why? Cleaning my room and I need to because it takes ages and I don't want to run outside. So I don't know how to translate that. <laughs> I'm like writing it down, dictating it and reading it back to myself. I'm like, no, that's actually what he said. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, I feel it. I feel that for sure. Well, uh, I know yeah. when I'm trying to clean my room, sometimes I just want to run outside. So I, I get it. <laughs> True. Maybe that's where he's going. Yeah. Okay. So my older son said his 
the worst chore for him is dishes because he doesn't like smelling the food and touching wet stuff. He totally gets this from me. I think I've even talked on the podcast before about how I have this whole yeah. thing about like touching a kitchen sponge or like anything wet. I don't like anything in the sink. Like, ew, gross. If there's like, oh my gosh, I, it makes me like, it, turn, my daughter's it the turns same me way. green. If I even look in my sink and see like soggy or like cause sometimes my younger one will just throw like a bowl of cereal in there and like some of it will get out. And so then it like sits there and it's just like yeah. by the time I go to the kitchen and look, it's soggy, like a mess. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I know. My daughter's like, I will do the bathroom. Just don't make me put the dirty dishes away. She's like, I'll unload them. I'll do anything, but please don't. And she like has a physical response to it. So I'm like, all right, well good luck. But now I know your punishment if <laughs> things go awry because this is the thing you hate right. the most. Yeah. Yeah. Well, funny. So that's my little guy says that um, cleaning the bathroom is his worst chore <laughs> uh, because he says it takes a long time. And because me, mommy always leaves her stuff on the counter. And that is so true. I am so sorry to my poor kids for that. But right now we're down to one bathroom. We're like working on remodeling our uh, master bathroom. And so we're all in one bathroom and it has been a very fun time having a family of four (laughs) in one bathroom. So yeah, so my stuff has kind of taken over one like part of their um, sink and vanity area. And my little one does not like that. He's always telling me, he's like, put your makeup away, put your this away. So he doesn't like cleaning the bathroom because my stuff's in the way. I do move it out of the way, though. Like whenever he's cleaning, I don't – I mean, (laughs) obviously, I don't want him touching my makeup. So I – Right. I I know. I don't (laughs) want it to break. I'm going to put it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's see. Next question was describe your perfect day. Today. And when I asked why, which P.S. No, my son will say that about everything. (laughs) Remember, he's gotten blood work done and he'll say like, oh, today's my favorite day. Oh, yeah. And he it and screamed and hid under a thing. So he said today, and I said, why? And he said, because I just figured out how to go to the moon without mods on Minecraft. So Minecraft fans, you'll get why that's a big deal. Yeah, nice. Um, So my kids, they just basically told me what they wanted to eat on their perfect day. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my older son said he wants to eat bacon and eggs for breakfast, go to a theme park, eat tacos for lunch, ribs for dinner, and stay up all night playing video games. Honestly, I can get behind that one. Yeah, he Minus loves the it. tacos, we'll switch it. Yeah. Yeah. And the little one said he wants a smoothie for breakfast. Of course he does. That's he's they're That's so opposite. I know, they're so opposite. Um he wants a smoothie for breakfast. He wants to go to the water park, have Chick-fil-A for lunch, a hamburger for dinner, and then he wants to go to the store and buy a bunch of candy. Wow, he really changed his tune at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I like it. As a mother, those are pretty easy, perfect days to to pull off. So, yeah, I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) There you go. I know. Okay. Last question. If you had to pick a color and only eat food that was that color, what color would you pick? Okay. My son said green, and that's not surprising at all because he wanted to have lime popsicles. He's obsessed oh, with these yeah. lime popsicles. Yeah. Ooh, so I good. asked him, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, but what else? Like, what about vegetables? And he said, zero point a million no, only lime popsicles. <laughs> and <laughs> seeing as he pretty much lives off of those anyway, I would say that's about right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Nice, nice. So my older one said red, and then his, his examples of things that he would live on uh, that are red are strawberries, steak which i love that he <laughs> i was about to say does he have steak on there because that is smart i'd add that he one does too. yeah steak pepperoni and mm. italian ice <laughs> okay i can eat so with him the, yeah those are his things so my little one shocked me by saying that he would choose brown <laughs> so I, was like, I 
was like, what's brown that you would eat? Chick-fil-A chicken tenders, hamburgers, and chocolate. (laughs) I mean, he could really make a smoothie that way, too. He's really got his whole perfect day. Yeah, he does. He's all about Chick-fil-A chicken tenders and hamburgers right now, apparently. So, yeah. I'm with him. Yeah, yeah. So those are the... That was our Q&A for our children. I thought it was pretty funny. There was a little list that Melissa sent me that had like 100 questions that you can ask your kids to get like some fun answers. And there were some really good ones on there that were a little deeper that like I want to ask my kids, but like not have the pressure of having to reveal what they said on the podcast. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? I know. There was some I saw. to jump out a window. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So yeah, so they they were really fun. Um, That list of questions, maybe I can post those. And yeah, post them on uh, social media on Facebook and Instagram. And stuff, yeah. and we'll have and tell us what your kids say. Yeah, perfect. All right, guys, that was the episode for this week. We will be back next week with a new one. I think that's it. Yes. Oh, if you want to check out Criminality has a new episode, it'll be out this Friday. And there was the last one was about The Bachelor. It was kind of cool. And it was called Every Rose Has Its Corn. Oh, that's great because the guy from <laughs> Iowa. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's out if you need something in between our episodes. Love for you to check it out. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.